Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fritz. As well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin Great. Change the game one day at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coda Jacobs, the crusader and visionary behind a brighter future in wrestling. If you're an honorable and noble public servant like myself, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. I am Nate Deppin' Great, being joined here by the Owen Hart to my Davey Boy Smith, the one, the only, Mr. Fretz. How's it going, good sir? I did it! I am a winner! Woo! And if you thought you could go out and get a haircut, I'm afraid I got some bad news! <laughs> oh my gosh, bad, new- bad news heart? That writes itself right there. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, the king oh. of bad news because I'm bizarre. Okay, I went to Davey Boy Smith there, but you get my point. <laughs> so for those of you that are kind of curious why we did a little bit of our unique bad news Barrett deal, is because we're going to be talking a bit about him, but also about one of the biggest 
game changer. Honestly, it is one of the biggest game changers in history because it involves the evolution of a bunch of rookies going to the main roster and just creating pure hell and chaos for everybody. We're, of course, talking about the Nexus. Basically, one of those stables that is once in a lifetime ruined by Vince McMahon. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. For right now, let's talk about how this actually came about to be. So early in 2010, ECW was basically failing. Gee, I wonder why. Um, I mean, there's a lot of possible reasons. One off the top of my head. That's just me. So basically, Vince McMahon came out and said that we were going to have a new kind of format for to replace ECW on what was back then the Sci-Fi Network, which, honest to God, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe that it's been so long since talking about the Sci-Fi Network. I mean, this is good. I mean, Sci-Fi Network probably even deserves a podcast in and of itself. All I just remember from Sci-Fi Network was really unique movies as well as really crappy CGI animation. Uh, do you have any uh, memories as far as the Sci-Fi Network threats? Did they get that up there, the Great White North? I'm not sure I actually got it. I did get ECW on Friday nights, but I believe it was it was either on TNN or the Canadian equivalent of MTV, Much Music. I, I can't remember. It might have been on my satellite dish. I'm actually cruising through my basic cable to see if I, if I have it, but I think I do, but it's just not been... It's been a long time since I've seen anything having to do with it. Fair enough. So, basically what ends up happening is that NXT is born, and honestly, guys... You would think, hey, they're going to be creating a new kind of NXT. Is it going to be like the NXT that we know now? Not exactly. So how this NXT worked out was basically a competition where we had eight rookies battling for a chance at a main roster spot. And these rookies were going to be mentored by pros. Each of them would basically kind of be the guidance for them. I think we had people like uh, Chris Jericho, R-Truth. I'm trying to think of who else was in there. I think Christian... Gosh, I'm trying to remember like a lot, a lot of these names, but we had eight individuals. Alberto Del Rio was, I know Del Rio was one. Oh, that's right. The, 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 the Miz. Oh, no. I, oh, gosh. How could I forget The Miz? He's kind of he's kind of a very crucial point to one of these guys' success, which, honestly, we'll talk briefly about that, but I think that, again, deserves its own. Miz deserves his own podcast, so stay tuned to that podcast. Oh, my God. That's, that's going to be an interesting podcast to talk about in and of itself. But eight rookies from FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, were called up to participate in this competition. These eight rookies were David Otonga, Michael Tarver, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, I think here, uh, Skip Sheffield, and, oh gosh, who's, who's the eighth one? I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, help me out, friends. I think I, I, I know. I, I know. Did, you, did you say Justin Gabriel? I did say Justin Gabriel. Oh, gosh. Heath Slater, Michael Tarver, oh, Darren Young. Darren Young, thank you. Because we got to make Darren great again. That was an awesome storyline that went nowhere. So these eight individuals were paired up with pros, and they were competing, like I said, in competition to determine who was the best out of all of them. Now people would think, well, it seems like you know another wrestling show. Yes and no, to say the least. Because during this competition, we see 
a lot of these competitors in different challenges. They had, like, handing out pamphlets to the crowd, concession stands, a nice little, I guess, tug-of-war deal, battling with boppers, and just really unique stuff, very cringeworthy stuff. But I will also admit this, that in my viewing of that NXT first season, there were a couple of gems in there, one of which was the promo challenge where Matt Stryker would give them a random topic to talk about, and they would basically have to create a promo about that. Now, of course, one promo in particular, <laughs> I, I think I think you might know one of these interesting promos to talk about was... Uh, yeah. It was later. It was later. Oh, God. There, 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 was, a, there, there was a couple. <laughs> there was one by uh, Eli Cottonwood, I think, in season two. Oh, God. He was, like, either a lost member of the Ascension or a lost member of the Wyatt family or both. And it's just like, your topic is mustaches. Mustaches are great. I don't have one. Meanwhile... <laughs> I'm, pointing out, I'm, I'm pointing out mine. I call him Farva. If you get that reference, can of Coke. Um, uh, and then there was like Michael McGillicuddy, uh, aka uh, Joe Henning, aka Curtis Axel. And it's like it's time to enter the era of McGillicuddy. And then for what more bit on him, he was cutting a promo on uh, what was Caval, uh, low key. Who was who was in that season? Who didn't win? Well, he did win, yep, he but did. lasted. He 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 quit. But um, he's just like Caval. What does that mean? It it means a, it means flute, and it literally actually means some kind of flute, hmm. not a skin flute. But. Oh, okay. So yeah, ba- basically for this promo deal, um, and trust me, guys, we're going to talk about NXT's you know competition season time at a later date. That's another thing we'll be talking about. But uh, dur- during this time. One person who definitely excelled at this, and one of the people that I really enjoyed watching, was a man by the name of Wade, ba- Wade Barrett, a.k.a. Stu Bennett, a.k.a. King Barrett, a.k.a. Bad News Barrett. This goes on and on for his names. Um, he basically was able to take anything that he had and just make it work. It was great. It was awesome. Now, between him and one other person by the name of Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, they were the heavily favored rookies on the entire uh, roster that they created so a lot of fans were hoping you know that Daniel Bryan was going to win it and then there's some people are like oh no Wade Barrett's going to win it well that's where we hit probably one of the first major pit stops of this journey during a segment where they were basically telling the audience who should be eliminated in the first round of eliminations Two people decided that they were not good enough for the competition, that being Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's reasons were just because he was losing every single matchup, and he was putting on really good matches. Even people like Chris Jericho were saying, he's really good in the ring. So he's basically saying, I'm not good enough for this because I'm not you know, not winning anything. Michael Tarver's just like, you should eliminate me because I'm the guy that's going to make you scared and blah, 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 some weird thing like that. Honestly... It's one of those things that make me appreciate, you know, Cheeseburger Eddie's deal from uh, Longest Yard. You know, I got the shakes that'll make you quake. I got the fries that will cross your eyes. I got the burgers that'll... I got, I got the burgers. <laughs> Just that. So, week of elimination... my nose! <laughs> so, first week of eliminations, 
WWE basically is like, okay, well, since you have no confidence in yourself, we're giving you the axe. So Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan were the first set of eliminations, but they decide, you know what, we're going to make it more suspenseful. We're going to have another elimination, which eventually would be Skip Sheffield. And in the preceding weeks, one by one by one, people were getting getting eliminated. Now, here's the thing about this. This was not fan voting like it would be in future episodes. This was more votes by the pros. And in the end, who would win this? Wade Barrett, the guy that a lot of people really enjoyed. And who would be the runner-up? David Otunga. How the hell does he still have a job with WWE? I don't know if he's still employed, but if he is, how the hell is he still employed? That's all I want to know. I, I, I think he is. Um... He's he's okay on a panel. He's a smart guy. He's he's got a good mind. Um, I, I, I'm with you on how how he still has it because that guy has the charisma of of this can of dealcoholized beer. <laughs> so Wade Barrett is the winner of NXT season one. Uh, he would be guaranteed a title shot of his choosing. Now, unlike Money in the Bank. He basically had to let people know, okay, I'm going to cash it in at this set event. So let me fast forward to June 7th, 2010. Viewer's Choice, where everybody can vote on who they would like to see wrestle in certain matches, certain opponents they get to face, and just about everything else in between. Certain stipulations, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of like Cyber Sunday and Taboo Tuesday. For those of you that don't know what that is, um, let's just say it was a very weird time. But also, it was kind of a fun time if you were a really good hardcore fan like I was back in the day. We see the main event. John Cena versus either Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger, who was the World Heavyweight Champion at the time. Again, how the hell did that happen? I feel like hell has frozen over just remembering that. And a shaven CM Punk wearing a very unique luchador mask, which is also kind of one of the best things that he did during his time with the Straight Edge Society. Uh, what votes came in, CM Punk was selected. He was doing that whole straight at society deal. He had the Gallows and Serena involved as well. So they're basically at ringside, and everybody's kind of worried, like, oh, well, they're probably going to get involved, and blah, blah, blah. We get to the match, still pretty good matchup. Cena and Punk, they have amazing matches. Cena hits, you know, his second of the five moves of doom. He's about ready to go for the five-knuckle shuffle, but then he looks up the rampway. There's Wade Barrett. And some people are probably thinking, well, this is kind of interesting. He's probably just looking to see, you know, what his competitions are going to be like. He kind of walks down the ring. Cena's kind of not, you know, taking his focus off of him. Five-knuckle shuffle, but he's still not taking his eyes off of Wade Barrett. Barrett's getting closer and closer. And now Cena's like, okay, he wants to fight. Let's go. Let's go. They go to Wade Barrett, and then he just kind of stands there with just this smuggled grin on his face. Then the camera pans over to a guardrail. That's Michael Tarver. Another part of the guardrail. Justin Gabriel. He's Slater. All the members of the NXT roster who were a part of Season 1, they jump the barricades, and they just start beating the hell out of Luke Gallows. They beat the hell out of CM Punk. They're beating the hell out of a lot of people at ringside. And then they surround John Cena in the ring. It's 8-on-1. John Cena gets the absolute piss beat out of him, along with just about everybody that was in arm reach of them. They would go around the ring. They would just tear apart the ring. They would beat up, beat up announcers. They would beat up ringside folk. They would 
do all these crazy things to just destroy everybody. Then they get back in the ring. They're beating down on John Cena. Some of the notable things were a couple of clotheslines dealt to John Cena. We see John Cena getting spat in the face by Daniel Bryan, followed by a kick to the head of John Cena. We see Wade Barrett hit the wasteland. We see Justin Gabriel hit the 450 splash. It's one of those moments where everybody's just kind of like, what the fuck did we just witness? And I still remember watching that thinking, what, what, what just happened here? This is, this is insane. This is, this is new. So I would have been about 20 at the time when that happened. Well, actually, I would just be about to be turned 20. And, uh, gosh, it was, it's still a surreal moment. I just watched it today, and it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this is still mind-boggling, but also really good, you know, way to get people's attention. So, Mr. Fretz, i got to ask you, what were your thoughts on this Nexus debut? Sorry, something to my eye here. Um, yeah, this debut, I don't know if I watched it live or not, or if I watched it um, later. I was working at a, uh, a camp, actually, a special needs camp, not far Ooh. from where I live now, um, working in a kitchen. But I caught wind of this job, I think, going on the dirt sheets. And like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And when I finally watched for the first time well after... This, it was the most impactful debut of a faction I think I've seen since the NWO. No argument and you, But you beat up everybody. I mean, they beat up Michael Cole, and then they then the sorry the um, commentators went silent. They beat up um, Justin Roberts that got Daniel Bryan temporarily fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always, I always say that the the Nexus theme, uh, "We Are One" by Twelve Stone, still gives me goosebumps. It's it's just that good that that had that good of a start. I mean, you beat you're probably getting to it, but you beat up everybody from you know Ricky Steamboat to half the roster to Vince McMahon, and was one thing I thought was really weird the whole time. How the hell is the 450 splash a heel move? Like, Gabriel made it work, but I'm like, he's delivering a 450 splash and then giving the classic, you know, evil eyes and stuff. Like, 450 is a high spot. It's not heelish. (laughs) Maybe it was just the way that he did it that it was heelish. Who knows at this point? But, no, you got... Right, right into it. After this, Nexus ran roughshod on everybody, uh, despite having you know lost one member being Daniel Bryan because of the fact that when they had this attack going, they were not clear on what they could and couldn't do. They just said, you know, oh, just go crazy and just wreck everything. One of the things that got, well, a couple of things that got Daniel Bryan fired was that uh, Daniel Bryan spat in John Cena's face, which is apparently a no-no. Uh, the other one was as Fred's mentioned, the whole tie deal with Justin Roberts where he's literally choking him with his own tie and just that moment where, you know, some people look back at it and it's kind of humorous how Justin Roberts' face just looks with that whole tie deal, but at the same time it's not something that you're expecting. It's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, I would think back at when watching it for the first time, it's kind of unsettling because you never really see that kind of stuff. You never really see that kind of craziness and madness. 
But, yeah, they went ran roughshod. And they were kind of promoted as, uh, as you know, like, like Wade Barrett was the other one that was employed, and everybody else was just kind of there, really. Uh, then general manager at the time, Bret Hart, actually fired Wade Barrett. And how did they repl- respond? By uh, basically wrecking Bret Hart. It was one of those situations where it was like, oh, wow, they they attacked a Hall of Famer. They decided to almost like what, what, what almost looked like end his life really uh, I will I will say this that Michael Cole basically made the, the comment about you know ending his career where it's like I I think his career was already over I would definitely have said you know his livelihood something that would be just as you know impactful but that's just me um, yeah they would get interview on uh, the two pay-per-views which were fatal four-way how the hell that happened I don't know as well as Money in the Bank, costing John Cena the WWE Championships on both occasions. Then we get the uh, anonymous Raw general manager, which it turns out is Little Leprechaun from from Wisconsin. That might need a new po- that might need a podcast of its own. We're gonna leave that leave that be. So basically, the anonymous general manager hires everybody back. He gives Wade Barrett his you know future title shot, which we're gonna get to. But it all winds up in a huge pay-per-view matchup at SummerSlam. Seven on seven. Where it's Team WWE headed up by John Cena taking on the Nexus. Joining Team WWE would be John Morrison, R-Truth, Edge, Chris Jericho, The Great Khali, and Bret the Hitman Hart. Why? Because why not? He's Bret Hart. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, during a lot of the th- build-up, we would see the great Kali be injured, and he would be taken out of the matchup. So they all, everybody's like, okay, we've got to figure out you know, who this final member is going to be going into SummerSlam. We have to kind of figure that out. But also, there was a lot of infighting in the build-up to SummerSlam, where we had Chris Jericho and Edge. They were basically just saying, you know, why should we risk our hides for this? Why should we even do this? They basically wound up quitting the team until the week before SummerSlam, then they just decide, you know what? If we leave, WWE is going to get wrecked, and we're just going to be considered the bad guys forever. So you know something? Let's do something about it. So they join. It seems like the team is complete, but like I said, they're down one person. And they are trying so hard to find somebody who wants to join them. Now, they had quite a few options. I mean, they had... Back then would be like Evan Bourne, Mark Henry, maybe MVP, somebody like that. Um, there was even talks of having the Miz join the team, but Miz decided, you know, I'm a United, the United States champion as well as the Raw Money in the Bank holder, so I don't know. I'll make my decision come Sunday at SummerSlam, which fits Miz's you know personality because why not? We get to SummerSlam, and honestly, guys, we'll take a break before we talk about the match itself. And we have basically, seemingly, The Miz going to be the final member of Team WWE. So it seems like everything is in place. But you got to remember that these are just, you know, these are seven guys who came from a developmental, it's a, a de- developmental territory in Florida. These guys are making just quite the impact in their first almost six months going in. 
and their first huge headline, their first matchup, is going to be a headline pay-per-view main event match at SummerSlam. So you got to think, like, you know, the pressure is definitely on them going into this main event matchup, which, we, like I said, we'll talk about in just a bit. But i got to ask you, Fritz, you know, if you know if you were in their shoes, would you be feeling a little bit of the pressure that they'd be feeling, or do you think you'd feel more confident as time would go on? Well, I think it'd be a bit of column A, bit bit of column B. It's like in a way, like you know, some people think like, oh, these are just a bunch of rookies. These are guys that are after my spot. They're it's always seven on one. So if we even up the odds, it'll be it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see it on, on both sides. Like NXT was going in confident, like like, hey, we have this, and even though we're down a guy, I think no, it was after SummerSlam. Guys like Tarver and maybe Young and Sheffield got they all got injured or exiled. So they they had to, NXT had every reason to be confident, but so did WWE. But they also had you know every reason to be. Frightened, and like, and the one wild card there was the Miz. It's like, you know, whose side is he on? We get, we get that answer. Come this matchup, but guys, like I said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back. We're going to be talking about the big headline SummerSlam matchup, as well as what the future held for the Nexus. So stay tuned, guys. We will be right back. What's going on, everyone? This is DK Murphy of Kings of the Rings Podcast, and you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast only on Wrestle Addict Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is the Queen Bee, the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kate Murphy. Why do fools fall in love? Should I change my Tinder bio? These questions and more will all be answered on our new Patreon-exclusive show, Love and War. Watch me and King Ricky Rose tackle the questions and struggles of finding love as a wrestling fan. Love is a battlefield, and this is Love and War exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. What's up, folks? This is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast, here to tell you about my Patreon show, The 20 Bell Salute, where I go back 20 years ago each month in wrestling and pop culture. What movies were out, what video games we were playing, what music we were downloading on Napster, and what wrestling pay-per-views took place that month in WWE and what other promotions happen to still exist at this time. So join me in my Y2K-compliant DeLorean as I go 20 years into the past on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Join us for only 5 bucks a month. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Game Changer Podcast. It is the Nexus Discussion Edition here. You might be curious, why the hell is Bray Wyatt's theme music playing here? Oh, trust me, he gets involved with this. We're going to talk about that soon a bit. But we are at SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest party of the summer. So many matches, so many things that just went crazy. 
Now, we have the stage set. It's Team Nexus versus Team WWE. And Team WWE consisting of John Cena, R-Truth, John Morrison, Chris Jericho, Edge, Brett the Hitman Hart, and The Miz. Or so we think. Miz, Miz came out and then John Cena had a microphone saying, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Miz, we gave you a chance to answer, but you took too long. We found a final member. And he wasted no time in announcing that that final member of Team WWE was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, the guy who was a part of Nexus, is rehired, he's back, and he's a part of Team WWE. So the stage is now finally set. And, you know, there's a couple questions that could be stirring through your mind. You know, well, Daniel Bryan's on the team. Maybe, you know, his knowledge of working with the Nexus, working with each individual, maybe he had some knowledge, some weaknesses that might help, you know, the team win. Did that come into play? No! Well, maybe, you know, Nexus, did they get, like, a huge win at, you know, with WWE? Maybe this was, like, you know, this is a big-time match for them. Maybe we're going to see them, you know, have a huge staple in this, you know, history of SummerSlam. Did that happen? No. Well, okay, well, I guess, you know, if Team WWE won, it must have been by a, a you know, almost like the, the, the grit of their teeth. They somehow were able to make it. It was kind of a interesting, but... Convincing fashion, was it? No. In a match that literally, in my honest opinion, was built well, the match itself had some great moments. So now some people might be arguing about that because the fact was that the Nexus should have won via, well, they pitch a shutout. They don't have anybody eliminated, anything like that. I disagree. I honestly think that this was a really good way to showcase them because, well, the fact is that, A, they are still rookies, and you're facing off against a lot of the veterans and legends in the ring, so there is going to be you know some rookie mistakes made there. It makes sense for them to have a couple of eliminations here and there and even have some kind of you know disadvantage here. But how the match ended was one of the most infuriating ways possible. Let's first talk about how Daniel Bryan got eliminated. You would think that, well, maybe he got eliminated by, you know, all the members of the Nexus. They all double, they all, you know, mega teamed him. They squashed him, something like that, right? No, uh, just a poor sport of the Miz came in, hit him in the head with the briefcase left, and that's how he was eliminated. Okay. I mean, they, you know, pro rookie there, so it kind of builds up the story between them. So the final members of Nexus are Wade Barrett and Justin Gabriel. Final member of Team WWE, John Cena. So, we see Justin Gabriel and Wade Barrett beat down on John Cena. He's literally just almost on his last leg. Then they decide, hey, we're going to add some punishment to this guy. Wade Barrett DDTs John Cena on concrete. No, not, not the padding. They removed the padding and they DDTed him on concrete. And it's kind of one of those things where like, okay, this is not good. This this is going to be over. He gets thrown back into the ring. Justin Gabriel goes up top, goes for the 450. John Cena somehow evades. John Cena covers one, two, three. Well, okay, okay, but he, I mean, he's still probably going to lose here. Wade Barrett's going to have the event. No, Wade Barrett 
immediately gets locked into the STF and taps out. What? Okay. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had not seen the match in its entirety until last night. Or, you know, when we were recording this. And... Sawing that infuriated me. Because it reminded me that there was something still screwy going on with WWE Creative. Now, for Wade Barrett's end, he's revealed that, you know, Vince McMahon said that, oh, we, we need a happy ending to end SummerSlam. Because that's good shit. Right, right. Whereas Chris Jericho and Edge have said on an episode of Talk is Jericho that... They were originally going to have Wade Barrett, you know, go over as the final guy, but John Cena thought that, oh, this would be a great idea to have, you know, me get DET'd and beat them both. To which Jericho and Edge have been like, no, that's, that's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. And she's like, no, no, it's going to be great, it's going to be great. Match is over. Cena's like, I should have listened to you guys. You're right, that was dumb. You took six months of building... And ruined it all in just one moment. Arguably, you could definitely say that this was the automatic point where Nexus was was dead. You could honestly, you could honestly pinpoint down to this matchup here. It was infuriating. It's just it pisses me off just thinking about it even more and more now that I got the chance to even watch it and just seeing you know John Cena having that like toothy grin of like yeah yeah. I'm victorious, some shit like that. Just, oh, this pissed me off. This pissed me off so much. Uh, do you have anything to add, Fritz? Hold that thought. Okay, Fritz, he's, uh, he got up from the chair. I can only think of one reason why. Oh, great. Yeah, I just took a shot. Don't worry. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't swing all of my rest of my whiskey. A, because that's 40 bucks a bottle. And B, yeah, a couple things. So John Cena later said that he regrets this. I'll give him that. However, a DDT on the floor. Um, that kayfabe put Ricky the Dragon Steamboat out of action for like six months in the 80s. Mind you, this was the 80s, but from a kayfabe point of view, DDT on the floor is like getting thrown off the hell in the cell. But unless you're Mick Foley, you're not indestructible. This... Like, I, I, I remember watching, I somehow got to watch either SummerSlam Live or I bit torrented it from the camp and it took like a week to download because camp in the middle of nowhere and so, somehow my room, my roommates and I uh, got internet in our tiny little, I guess it's a dorm in the basement of the camp uh, that had three, there was like six of us in there and three bunk beds. Oh, jeez. It was a neat, oh yeah, well it was... We made it work because we we all got we were still friends, so mm-hmm. we we got along and it was great. Like I'm, I, funny story is I I took up 
I was the bottom bunk, like, right by the entrance, so, like, it was right in the art studio, okay. in the art rooms. So, if, if I were laying in my bed in the middle of summer in nothing but my boxers, uh, the clients would see, so I made myself a little privacy uh, fort out of, bed sheet, out of a spare bed sheet. So that, that was just a, f- a funny little thing, and we got the internet in there somehow, oh. even though I think we got shit for it. <laughs> I can't remember. It was a decade ago. Yeah, it was. It was infuriating. It was. It was the wrong move. I mean, they all said now they can say, "Yeah, it was the wrong move," but you did the wrong thing. After this, it was just, it was mostly a string of bad luck, I think, because you had, you know, Ryback went down with a broken ankle. Uh, Tarver, like his his career was was over; he was done. Uh, then they exiled Darren Young, who they did not he nothing for until his time with the primetime players, yeah. uh, or, or or in NXT Redemption. I can't remember which, but yeah. Yeah, you had you had the Nexus interrupt the was it the Intercontinental Title match between Kofi and uh, Ziggler, I think it was. That match ended in a no contest. That you knew NXT was going to get down to business when they're interrupting a match. I wish they interrupted every match leading up to the main event, but then one obviously because you had what else you had? You had. Um, the Big Show versus the Straight Edge Society. You had Sheamus versus Randy Orton. You had, uh, I forget, Evan Bourne versus Zack Ryder. Yeah, there was um, also, uh, oh, Kane versus uh, Rey Mysterio for the world title. Kane or Rey Mysterio. Hey, okay, yeah, don't interrupt Malina and Alicia Fox. That just would have been awkward. <laughs> Maybe if the, uh, the female NXT, if, like, Caitlin came through the space-time continuum and, uh, hit the spear on Molina out of nowhere, and this went back to 2014, yeah, that would have been fine. Uh, yeah, I forgot, yeah, that was when Kane won the money in the bank. I forgot about that. But, yeah, and R-Truth in this main event of SummerSlam in 2010. That, that's weird to me. Oh, trust me, one year later, he, he made events another pay-per-view, Capital Punishment with John Cena. Oh, that's right. Little Jimmy! Our truth dressed as a as a general and having to smoke like, smoking a cigarette on national TV like that that was the best like that's a heel because oh, <laughs> oh man that's a, that's a show I want to watch uh, I or even review like that's that's okay. top that's top tier talent right there oh oh capital punishment. I mean, because it, oh, yeah. it does have some really good matches. I know we're getting a little off topic, but just to kind of sidestep for a minute. Uh, you know, the matches itself, they had, you know, CM Punk and Mysterio, uh, that Christian versus Randy Orton for the world title, Cena versus R-Truth, which honestly is probably, like, the biggest uh, comedy match main event of all time, let's face it. Uh, Santino Morella got taken down by the guards of, quote-unquote, President Barack Obama for doing the Cobra. Which, in all honesty, looking back at it, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Just because the Cobra is the most lethal weapon in Washington, D.C. is totally WWE. 
speaking of the Nexus, I'm looking at the results for this, and it's uh, Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov defeating Keith Slater and Justin Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel. Right. I do remember. And Dolph Ziggler and Kofi again. <laughs> How many times is that on pay per view? Well, it's, it's weird because they, they transitioned the titles. They went from IC title to US title in like a matter of a year. Oh, they did that in a matter of a year? Holy crap. That's so weird. I know, well, guys. We're, he, we're getting a lot of Sorry, but one more. Ezekiel Jackson defeating Wade Barrett for the Intercontinental title. Yes. Oh, oh. yeah. That, that was oh. a rain, everybody. Although, to be fair, it did come... The You know, Ezekiel Jackson did lose it to one of the best super, best wrestlers of all time, that being Cody Rhodes. So, there's at least, oh, right. a, there's at least you know, a bright, you know, silver lining at this dark tunnel. No, no pun intended. Um, so, we go to... Basically, we go to Night of Champions because for some reason they decided to go Night of Champions and then Clash of Champions because WCW, we won. Giant, what the hell face? Um, Devon, get the lawyers. <laughs> right. So, Barrett cashes in his title opportunity to be a part of a six-pack elimination challenge at Night of Champions. Uh, he doesn't win because of John Cena, but he pins John Cena, so there's something there. Then they decide to have John Cena versus Wade Barrett at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, in which if Cena won, the Nexus is disbanded. If Cena loses, he would have to join the Nexus. Interesting. We'll, 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 we'll kind of see how this goes. So we have the match, and this could have been a great moment to showcase... Wade Barrett at his absolute best. Did we see that? No. Instead, we get this weird deal in which two guys out from the crowd decide to come in and interfere. Remember what I was talking about, Bray Wyatt? This is where. The two people that were that were attacking John Cena, two people in the crowd, Curtis Axel, Bray Wyatt. Back then, known as Michael McGillicuddy and Husky Harris. No, not Huskus the Pig, Husky Harris. Just thought I'd clarify that hey, right now. Hey, Nate, do you, do you know the significance uh, behind uh, the name McGillicuddy for, for Mr. Henning? Please tell me. It was uh, his mother's maiden name. Uh, uh, Kurt's wife was a McGillicuddy. Hmm. Well, I did not know that. That's her, that's apparently, her. apparently. Well, hey, that's still, that's still, that's still cool, cool to me. Showing a little bit of homage. It just... They just did not utilize him the best way. So, Wade Barrett beats John Cena. Cena has to be a part of the Nexus. And what happens during this whole deal? Does John Cena help Wade Barrett become the WWE Champion? Does he maybe even... <laughs> excuse me. I think I'm starting to get sick just thinking about what happened during this time. Did he uh, basically... You know, give Wade Barrett, like, he's the seed. He helped him win the title. Did he become, like, a mentor to Wade Barrett? Hey, you know what? There's a common theme here. If you get, if you guessed yes, you're an idiot. If you guessed no, take a drink. Because this was one of the stupidest things that could have ever happened. John Cena, still wearing the... Weird Fruity Pebble shirts that he had on. This time it was purple, because why not? He loves the Vikings. Screw you, John Cena, during this time. 
So uh, no, John C- John Cena likes purple drink. He goes he goes into the fridge in the Sunny D commercial. He says fuck Sunny D and goes for the purple drink. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I didn't consider that until you brought it up. So John Cena is basically making you know he's helping Wade Barrett a little bit. Uh, there's a point where he actually helps uh, Wade Barrett win his match against WWE Champion Randy Orton by disqualification. Ooh. That was amazing. The same night that he and David Otunga won the tag team titles from this will be a unique team that you'll probably never guess ever happened. Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre. Wow! Wasn't 2010 a unique time to be a wrestling fan? And what also happened at the Bragging Rights show? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kane defeated The Undertaker in a Buried Alive matchup. Did he do it by himself? No, because that would just be silly. They had the Nexus... Help Kane defeat him in this matchup, which went, if you would have guessed everywhere, you're an idiot. If you would have guessed One Direction, you're a bigger idiot. If you would have guessed nowhere, hey, take a shot. This went absolutely nowhere. This was just here because why the hell not? As Brett's is taking another swing. I feel like I'm going to have to get a new co-host because I'm going to give him so many liver problems at this point. Dude, my liver is already dead. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been I've been, dr- I've been drinking for t- for how old am I? Thirty six. Yeah, I've been drinking for twelve for twenty two years. Come on. <laughs> I must say since twenty five. Wow, that's that's a lot of stra- restraint from twenty one to twenty five to you know not drink anything. Actually, to be fair, there was a brief period in time where I did. Not completely quit, but it was when I was uh, a new Christian, and then I started going to Bible college and took an internship, but only because I, my church I worked at kind of said, hey, can you not drink, even though I did, in front of the pastor, and he said nothing. <laughs> but no, it, it was just, it was, hey, hey, hey Fred, uh, we're going on a camping trip with a bunch of the guys, um, they're going to offer you a beer. I'm gonna I'm gonna look the other way if you don't say a damn thing. <laughs> but he was the same guy who, when we were at Starbucks, was like, "You know what? You know what, James? I wish we weren't at this stupid Starbucks right now. I wish we were on my porch having a Guinness." But fuck that the piece of paper we have to sign. I, I, he never said. I don't think I heard him say the F word, but I have heard him cuss. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I like this guy. I'm not saying this, I'm not going to say his name out of respect, but that dude was cool. Nice. Oh, man, so where were we at again? Oh, yeah, yeah, bragging rights. A very unique time for the Nexus because those stuff happened. Um, so we get a rematch between Wade Barrett and Randy Orton at Survivor Series, but they decide, hey, let's have John Cena be the guest referee. Oh, well, this ought to be a time for John Cena to get his vengeance on Wade Barrett. But, oh, 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 Wade Barrett decides, John Cena, if you decide... You know what, I'm not going to disperse the name of Wade Barrett because that would just be mean, so I'm just going to go back to my regular voice. He says, John Cena, I'll make you a deal. If you, if you, if I don't leave, you know, Survivor Series as the WWE champ, champion, you will be fired from the WWE because that, he had that kind of power during that time. Why not? But Wade Barrett said, if you do help me, win the WWE Championship at Survivor Series, then you will be free from the Nexus. And at that moment, John Cena was just like, oh my god, this would be great. And Randy Orton's just like, 
You son of a bitch. If you screw me at Survivor Series, we're not going back to 1997. So Cena was at a bit of an impasse where he's just like, I, I, my freedom, but, 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 but then firing and just, uh, yeah. and I will say, say this. We, it did culminate in a really great segment of the Survivor Series before, the Raw before Survivor Series, sorry, with Roddy Wright Piper hosting a Piper's Pit God bless you, Piper, with John Cena, where he basically talks about the people who have never won the WWE Championship. He mentioned names like Ricky Steamboat. Uh, He even throws his name in there. He says, you know, we're fine with the fact that we did not win win the title because we were not at that caliber. But if you hand that title over to Wade Barrett, then you are basically spitting in the face of everybody who has been the champion as well as people who have yearned to be the champion. To which Wade Barrett says, Forget you, Piper. I'm going to make sure that... Ju-. You know what? I'm doing it again. She says, Forget you, Piper. <laughs> I'm going to disp- I'm going to make sure that the last image that people see of John Cena on Monday Night Raw is with the Nexus. So he forces Cena to wear the Nexus shirt, Nexus armband, all that stuff, and John Cena and... Decides to be the referee. Is that the referee? Is the referee at Survivor Series? And in a shocking turn of events, John Cena helps Randy Orton retain the WWE Championship. This was a. Uh, this was interesting. This was a moment where I watched it. I was like, "Whoa! They, they, they did this. They, wow! That's just absolutely insane." So we go to Monday Night Raw after Survivor Series. John Cena cuts this very emotional promo about how he missed so many things when he was on the road, but now he's going to get the chance to spend time with his family, to be able to be a part of, you know, so many things. To which we find out, was he going to tell the truth? You know what? If you haven't said no at this point, then you obviously have not been listening to the show very carefully. John Cena decides to come back the same night he cuts this promo to beat up the Nexus. Costs Wade Barrett the WWE Championship, only to find out that that was just not going to happen. Because they could have had Barrett hold that title for like two minutes, and then The Miz would have just cashed it on him, because that's what happened. Spoiler. So, John Cena, who is fired, he's no longer employed, they could have had him you know, arrested for assault charges or something like that, but no, no, let's just... Have Cena beat up everybody. He beats up the Nexus in hotel rooms, in backstage areas. He buys a ticket. He beats him up in the ring and just reaches a point where the Nexus say, "Hey, we cannot stand getting beat up by John Cena. You have to reinstate him." Barrett's just like, "All right, fine, I'll reinstate you, but you have to face me in a chairs match at TLC." What happens in this matchup? Does maybe. Barrett get a little bit of comeuppance? Does he maybe get a victory over John Cena? (laughs) Cena beats Barrett, and then to add insult to injury, decides to pull a bunch of chairs from the set and drop on Barrett. Just to literally, metaphorically, and very spiritually bury Wade Barrett. So, bottom line, when it comes to this whole John Cena joining the Nexus deal, stupid. Stupid. Stupid! 
stupid. That's what I have to say about that. And the sucky part about it is that I do believe that that just happens about a month later. <laughs> no, maybe it's a couple of years later. But, yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid was this idea. Fretz, the floor is yours. To be fair, that chairs thing was a pretty cool visual. I'll, I'll give it that. Despite the fact it was you know, burying Wade Barrett for a lack of better terms. Like a whole like a whole a whole tower of chairs just you know, going ECW Terry Funk fully on him. It looked cool. I'll give it that. But the one thing I think they should have done, like I'm not turning this into fantasy booking because uh, that's a whole other podcast and I briefly went over that in a previous Francis Fave Five available on Anchor.fm and the Patreon. Um keep plug. <laughs> uh yeah, there's a thing that John was doing on the house show circuit while he was under quarantine, I mean, being fired. Um, he went, came out in a, uh, it's obvious that it's me mask and doing Juan Cena. And they even did like a uh, Spanish version of My Time Is Now. And now that I think about it, I'm going to uh, see if I can pull up the theme. And, uh, da, 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 um, this this better be the right the right one. Um, <laughs> just it's just it's, yeah, it's something like this. It's John Cena's cousin. They said is Juan Cena. Okay, if this ends up being offensive, uh, I'm sorry, folks. I'm not gonna throw the whole thing. Nah, it's just some stupid... I swear to God, there was like, it was in Spanish. Uh, but that's when you get like YouTube videos from 13 years ago pulling up something and then it turns into something possibly offensive. I didn't pull the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was just not the smart move. I mean, the Nexus should have had a, a dominant run. You know, wait, I was, I'm not sure about putting, the, putting the, the title or the strap on Wade Barrett right away. I don't know if I would have had the title involved in this. Uh, ev- eventually, I think at some point, Wade should have had the title, but unfortunately for him, uh, he was plagued by injuries and and bad booking, and I think maybe the bad booking was a result of his injuries. I mean, was in spite of... You know what I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's like... The, the second you had you had something good, and then it was just snatched from him. Like, okay, uh, bad news, Barrett. Boom, out for like six months with this injury. Okay, uh, I'm still going to come out on TV and come out on the, that elevated podium. Was so good, <laughs> but, but that's going that's going way far far ahead of things. But yeah, that, that just it was dumb. I would have when John Cena was fired. I mean, I'm going to be quoting. I was watching Blompiers. Rebooking of this, like they should have just had him gone for a while. You have Barrett as the champ, and Cena comes out at like number thirty with the Rumble, and then you get WrestleMania. I think they should have still had like a next Nexus versus WWE by then, but yeah, then we got the core. But I oh, hope, oh, trust are, we, are we are we delving into that? We're gonna take another commercial break, and yes, we're gonna be talking about the. Uh, why the core was 
a part of this whole Nexus deal, as well as the uh, very sad and untimely demise of the Nexus. So stay tuned, guys. <sighs> I'm Wild. And I'm Randy Fitzsimmons, and this is the Game Changer Podcast. Hey guys, this is Nate the Up and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to the modern day belts to championship belts you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well that these guys deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. I'm Nate. He's Fretz. Um, we're gonna get. Through, we're just gonna rip this whole thing, the rest of this deal off like a band aid because it gets to a sad point. So, 2011, we see the Nexus are kind of at an impasse where it's like, well, what do we do? Let's get a new leader. Q, CM Punk. He comes in. He's basically trying to assume the leadership. But Barrett's just like, no, I'm still the leader. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. And CM Punk actually cuts a really good promo on Barrett saying, you've been failing as the leader. The Nexus needs you know, new leadership. They need new management so they can succeed. So basically what ends up happening is that Punk costs Wade Barrett the number one contendership match for the WWE title with Barrett. And he is exiled from Raw, basically. So CM Punk then decides we're going to have a new Nexus and we're going to do these crazy deals where you have to sacrifice something to be a part of the deal. Uh, one involved David Otunga taking a punch from Big Show, because why not? Uh, another one involved Husky Harris getting flogged 
by members of the Nexus, which my God, was that insane! I, it, the fact that the fact that Bray Wyatt has not included this somehow in his like hype packages for you know Bray for the Bray Wyatt character is mind boggling to me. But that's just me. Um, Michael McGillicuddy, I think he got like beat up in a handicap match or something. Then Gabriel and Heath Slater are just like, you know what? We're good. We're gonna leave. So they leave, go to SmackDown with Barrett. They meet up with him. They recruit Ezekiel Jackson, and we have the core, which is Nexus 2.0. And on the Ross side, we have a new member of the Nexus known as Mason Ryan. This guy, AKA, I'm sorry, AKA Welsh Batista. That's <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of people were just doing like a side by side comparison, and it was really weird how he looked so eerily like Batista with like a darker beard. It was just, it was insane. So they had this little mini deal where it's going to be Core versus Nexus, and that went nowhere. And then Core got a match at WrestleMania against the team of Kofi Kingston, Kane, Big Show, and Santino Morella, which was just forgettable. Uh, the Nexus got destroyed by Randy Orton by via punts, and then CM Punk went on to have an incredible run, arguably. He would drop the infamous pipe bomb, he would do great. Otunga and McKillcuddy would be a tag team for reasons why, I don't know. Um, everybody kind of went their separate ways, and now it's just... It, 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 that is basically the story that sums up the Nexus not even a year. They literally took a new toy and they made it die in like a couple of months. It is infuriating to see these individuals start off so white hot and have an incredible gimmick, incredible faction, just to be fed to the main event players like John Cena and Randy Orton, which we've seen so many times, then be fed over to people like Big Show, Kane, Santino Morella, Kofi Kingston, and then they just had the little implosion deal where, you know, it started off like a like a giant fire. Then it started going into the TNT, and then how they just blew up at the end was just... It's one of those things that were... Shout out to Kayla, shout out to Rachel, shout out to Slack. Even they would be like, wow, even more sad. Because we were expecting more. Yeah. And for Face Home Club, also shout out to Wade. Get well soon, Wade. Yes. Uh, yeah, Godspeed to you, good brother. Um, yeah. Nexus, I think, beside bad booking, it was just also plagued by injuries. I mean, Michael Tarver got hurt quick. Uh, Ryback, a.k.a. Skip, Skip Sheffield, got hurt quick. Uh, and, we, and we didn't see Sheffield until until he became the big guy. I mean, he was he was seriously hurt. Like, Tarver, I think, was actually also released. I don't remember. He, he was not appealing to me whatsoever. I don't know what his deal was. Uh, and of course, there was the Daniel Bryan incident. Uh, <clears throat> if I can sideberg into a fantasy book very quickly, because this is an episode in itself, I probably would have had Bryan remain with the, remain with the group until eventually he becomes like a mole or something for the group, right? Uh, the co- and 
Let, lest we forget the. Do you remember the Royal Rumble that year was forty people, and it was literally just because of the core and the new Nexus. Uh, why they didn't book? Hey, you, you had. Wait, ne- never mind. I mean, okay, okay. This guy wasn't in the Nexus, but you had Ted DiBiase Jr. and you had both other Rotunda kids, uh, Bo and Bray, as you know, as talent. This is my silly fantasy booking brain, but why couldn't you do Money Inc. 2.0? It, I mean, it writes itself. I mean, the Dibiases, unfortunately, I think they have been in the news for money laundering scandals, allegedly. Uh, namely, Brett. I don't know about the rest of the family, but I'm not going to look into it here because this isn't the news. This isn't the YLP podcast. I'll leave that to you, Zach. Shout out to you, good brother. Um, yeah, it was just, it was cursed from the start. The, the, the Nexus, it, it it really was, and and I know we all know now. It's like John Cena's like, yeah, that was probably the re- bad move, the wrong move. No shit. Um, no, no shit. That's what you, I was going to turn that to. No chance. But no, I mean, you started off, and, and one another thing here, I think that kind of also doomed them is um, uh, Justin Gabriel uh, actually hurt Taker with a four fifty, and you know Taker is. Uh, you know, he's the head honcho backstage. And if you don't have Taker's respect, uh, you're not going to go far. Just ask CM Punk, you know, before his feud with Taker. Because, you know, if you want, we, we, we both own and have watched the CM Punk DVD numerous times. And, you know, I love the part, like, I do like the part when he gets to Taker, because he's like, you know, and then they're like, yeah, you're just going to drop the title to Taker. And at the time, he's like, yeah, uh, okay, maybe didn't like it, but... But at least I earned his respect throughout this whole thing. Because he, he had a damn good feud with, like, Punk had a great feud with Undertaker. And yeah, and then we had, you know, Randy Orton going on a punting spree. And I, I don't even acknowledge the Coors match at WrestleMania because it was literally one minute. Like, and 30 seconds of it was entrance. Uh, and what could have been, and, and, and I'm, I was looking at, like, the... Well, just briefly, I mean, you and I talked off air about there was this lost NXT uh, that never that never aired because, well, the the crop the version of NXT we know and love today uh, was being born. I mean, they have just got out of the redemption season because that had like uh, EC three that had um, Fandango and 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 everybody. And, and this would have been Seth Rollins, Big E, Damian Sando, Sin Cara, and um, Bo Dallas. Now I want you to picture if that was the if that was going to be like the Nexus as a faction rebooted. Picture that for a second. Imagine that. I mean, maybe not. Not I'm not too partial to to botch Kara, so if we scratch him off and put in who was in SCW, Roman Reigns, uh, it could have been something like Wade. Unfortunately, like as we've already either mentioned on or off air, I can't remember. But Barrett was plagued by injuries. He'd get two steps up. He'd get okay. I'm the he's like on the Intercontinental Champion. Boom, torn bicep. All right, six months later, okay, I'm the Intercontinental Champion again. Boom, other elbow's gone. 
I'm going to have this new gimmick where I'm coming down off the podium. Uh, rotator cuff, gone. But he's still coming up on that podium, and that was so good. It was tough start, and I think it's kind of ironic that today, the only member, the only member of the original Nexus we have as a member on the active roster is Daniel Bryan. David Otonga counts, but he hasn't wrestled in God knows how long, and I don't know why, because A, he's got a damn good physique, and B, he wasn't awful, he just had no charisma. I can definitely see that. Alright, so, you know what, let's take a little time to do a little cheap plug, because the fact is that we need to start getting into more of the positives. So, this is something that Fretz and I are very happy that we get the chance to announce this. And if you have not watched our social medias, you probably don't need... You probably are hiding under a rock. Well, let us just lift that rock up and tell you that right now, on teesprings.com, part of the WrestleAct Radio deal, Fretz and I, we have our own merchandise now. Oh, it's just super, super happy, happy times here. I just remember this being brought up in one of our recent meetings and we made it into a reality. Uh, there was a point where my collect where the game changer collection was actually uh, lost for a bit. The reason why was because my prices were too low for them, which I was honestly surprised. Uh, I, I did I did I did ask Ricky this one thing. I said, well okay, that you know that that's fine. We can just do the whole you know price up deal, blah blah blah. Um, is the is the mug still at least nine ninety nine? He said, like, no, unfortunately, I had to bump that up a dollar. Damn it! I wanted one thing out of that entire deal to still be the same, because I could have made that joke again. Nine ninety nine. You could have done that for a WWE Brit, or you could just get a nice cup that you can enjoy with the Game Changer Podcast logo on it. Some things are just not meant to be. At least not right now. But I'm excited for the yeah. fact that we that you know Wrestle Attic Radio has given us the opportunity to give back to you guys in the form of this wonderful merchandise, whether it be t-shirts, posters. Uh, I know that Game Changer Podcast has got blankets as well as pillows, which is great. Uh, one of our fans actually got a cute little infant onesie for, for, I'll give you a little bit of a hint of who it is, Wolf Baby. Thank you so much, Wolf Mama. That's that's one thing I'm very excited for. Um I think I think I don't know if it's changed or not, but I think last I saw, I think Game Changer Podcast was the only one that had like youth and uh, infant uh, merchandise in there. Unless, did you get a chance to do merchandise uh, inventory? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did my merchandise stuff uh, with Ricky last night, and uh, yeah, Frontzelmania stuff is up as well. That's F R E T Z L E Mania. Uh, yeah, our uh, our Teespring URL. I think it's teespring.com backslash wrestle dash addict dash radio, or just Google Teespring Wrestle Addict Radio. You'll find the Game Changer Collection, the King Ricky Rose Collection. The Kings of the Rings, uh, YLP, I think, just launched theirs. We're, oh, we're so waiting good. on um, the Delight Show, Brother Mance. Yeah, my stuff's up. I think I have, like, kids' shirts. Like, if my niece, if, you know, we want to get one for my niece and nephew, why not? Um, it, but I, I have, I don't have onesies. I, I didn't think, <laughs> I, I didn't think about that. And uh, I did buy myself a Fred's mug, so... When I have my morning <laughs> coffee, you know, and uh, see, and and I do believe we'll 
Ricky announced this on Kings of the Rings, but we are now partnering with Ambiguous Productions Podcasting. There we are. Uh, that, that, that is a company that, uh, that our very own Willie T is, uh, uh, runs, I believe, with his podcast. He has a podcast on there called You Mad Bro. It's actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's just, you, what do they talk about? Well, it's mostly political and... Uh, what what's the internet outrage cancel culture? It, it just it, it it's that kind of, that kind of stuff. But okay. it, it, if you know Will, you know exactly how it's 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 covered. <laughs> oh man, I, I love that guy. Uh, and yeah, Teespring. Yep, and uh, yeah. So in the coming weeks, you'll see stuff about ambiguous productions yep uh, and, oh and shoot, i'm I, excited for that yeah I, I should also mention this uh game changer podcast also has its own anchor page now i as we're recording this right now i have yet to post an episode on there which is my mistake because i'm a lazy ass <laughs> so i will indeed have an episode uploaded on there uh by the time this recording is out and about so Definitely enjoy that. Enjoy that if you enjoy WrestleLatic Radio. There will definitely be some uh, WrestleLatic Radio, uh, not WrestleLatic Radio, Game Changer Podcast editions uh, on the Anchor deal as well as on every single bit here. It's going to be awesome, guys. There's a lot of just wonderful things that are happening right now, and it's only going to get better and better. So, with that being said, we put the voicemail on there too. Yes, I still have to do that for you and um, and uh, and Zach. From Young Lions perspective, I just need I just need to fi- find the right time. I need to find the right things to say. I'll, although we could definitely make this little shout out here. Shout out to Zach from Young Lions perspective for reaching 200 episodes, dude. That's awesome. That is absolutely amazing. Well deserved. Keep up the amazing work. We're looking forward to seeing it when you reach 500. How about that? I was going to make a Leonidas joke for 300, but to be fair, uh, this is going to get me banned, but I haven't seen the entirety of 300 yet, so... Hey, to be fair, I haven't either, so I don't care. (laughs) Oh, wow. And you're the the movie guy here, so that's surprising. (laughs) Hey, I I just saw The Princess Bride not too long ago, and in all honesty, I can understand why people are saying it's one of the best movies ever. It's one of those movies I looked at and I thought, wow, this is not even, like, Girly. It's like a combination of like romantic, action-filled, comedy, just everything you can imagine. It's kind of one of those things where it's like you probably wouldn't want to have your kids exposed too much to this, but at the same time, it's not like too childish that an adult wouldn't enjoy it. It's definitely something. Oh, jeez. But all right, now we did want to get get to this. We actually, as we recorded, we just realized that Money in the Bank is this Sunday, so. We're going to do predictions for Money in the Bank. Uh, Mr. Fretz, as the new uh, leaderboard stands, you are down 1-0 with my victory at WrestleMania, my good sir. Thank you, Karen. I mean, Bailey, for retaining. <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to block me on Twitter, and I'm not going to care. I'm sorry. But when she goes back to doing you know, the Bailey buddies and stuff like that, then I'll care. But right now, she's, she's a Karen to me. So, running joke, hashtag Karen is life at this point. I don't know. I'm not good at hashtags. Val's the one that does the hashtags. Everybody should know this by now, but all right. So, Mr. Fritz, do you have the Money in the Bank card pulled up? Yes, I have. WWE presents Die Hard 7 from the Performance Center on Sunday, May, the whatever date, May, 
May 10th, there it is. Uh, happy, mo- happy Mother's Day, Mom, and happy belated birthday, Mom. Her birthday was on the 2nd. Uh, so, yes. But, oh, oh, same birthday as The Rock. So, like, I have, I have the same birthday as John Cena, and Mom has the same birthday as The Rock. So, <laughs> that, that's right, cool. So, we have here, uh, there's only a few matches announced now. So we could probably predict whether they're going to announce something between Thursday night and Sunday morning. Who knows? So for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, we have The New Day defending against Miz and John Morrison versus The Forgotten Sons. Who exactly? And Lucha House Party. So here's the interesting thing about this matchup is that they somehow just decided on SmackDown to be like, Oh, hey, we have a tag team division too. And honestly, it's because of the teams like the Forgotten Sons and Lucha House Party that have made us realize that there's a tag team division there. I mean, you could definitely make the case for Ms. Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Um, no. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, gosh. So for this one, oh, man. You know, I... Hmm. This is a tough one because there's a part of me that thinks that Miz and Morrison are just gonna, you know, hot potato the tag team titles with New Day all this, you know, all this year. But maybe it's not gonna happen here. So I, with, with that being said, I think I'm gonna go with the safe bet. I'm gonna say New Day retains. Uh, they'll probably get a one-on-one ma- rematch with Miz and Morrison down the line. But right here, it's just gonna be a matchup where it's gonna be nothing but a lot of spots. But I think it still should be a fun matchup. Uh, Forgotten Sons. They kind of impressed me this past week, so kind of interested in seeing what they pull off here. Uh, Fritz, who have you got? I, I got the New Day here, too. Uh, the Forgotten Sons, uh, I, I don't see it. I mean, at the, at the end of their NXT run, it seemed they are going to get like a, like a Jim Duggan pro-USA gimmick. I don't think it's really translated onto SmackDown. Mind you, I haven't watched SmackDown since... The last one I watched was on Good Friday because oh, yeah. I actually had that day off. Um, but I, I can't even tell you what happened there. So, yeah, this is where um, my my good friend uh, John Ritland, who has a YouTube channel called Real Honesty with John Ritland, this is where he would make a very offensive joke about uh, that, like the Trumpers, you know, the the uh, Forgotten Sons and the. Mexicans, the luchadors, but I'm not going to go there, John. That's 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 your that's your uh, that's your deal. Shout out to Ritland. Uh, I, I recommend him. He's he's a little bit brash. He's very how do I how do I say it? Yeah, he's he's very brash. He's very dark. He's not for everybody, but he's a good brother. So I'll, I'll shout out to him for that. New day. Um, yeah. Oh wow! This guy, this one guy, uh, Jack Crosby on CBS Sports, picked Forgotten Sons to win. Wow. <laughs> no. That's wow. <laughs> that's that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, up next, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship matchup: Bailey defending against Tamina. Does Tamina get her first title win here? No, no. I'm picking Karen. Yeah, I, I'm picking Bailey. Uh, we had a conversation about Karen in the past, so I'm picking Bailey. Um, <laughs> next here, next here, we have. The Universal Championship with Braun Strowman going up against Bray Wyatt. Not The Fiend, but Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. This is really interesting because this is only the second time that we've seen the Mr. Rogers 
uh, Bray Wyatt here. So, and I do like kind of what they're doing with this whole deal where it's, you know, Braun Strowman for him, he's not really getting, you know, physically intimidated. It's more of all the mentality that Bray Wyatt is just always that damn good at. So this is one of those things where it's tough. It is very tough to pick. Uh, Freds, who have you got for this matchup? Not only do I have Braun Strowman winning, I have Braun Strowman absolutely destroying and squashing Bray. Because this is going to turn into, you know, the theme is going after everyone in Bray Wyatt's past. You know, that story time thing he did on Firefly Funhouse about the black sheep. Ooh, ooh that, that, that was some very good writing. Um, yeah, the, I mean, we saw, who was it, The Miz went up against... Um, Happy-go-lucky Bray? Yes. At TLC. At TLC. And then, eventually, uh, Bray let him in. But, you know, Braun, he's... You know, if, if anyone can be booked to beat Bray Wyatt, or even The Fiend, it's a guy like Braun, because he's huge, he's imposing, he has, he has that past with Bray. He was brainwashed, and then... He either left the group or he got um, drafted. I, I, I forget what happened, but and, and the fiend can take an L. I mean, this is as again, it's someone from his past. So he can take an L. I mean, we. I think you and I talked about the Goldberg thing, how the Goldberg wasn't part of his of his ethos. So that's why I think it was okay for that. But I, I don't know how I feel about the title going back. I mean, as much as I loved the fiend, I. I don't know how I feel about the the title being involved. I know it's probably because Roman's not there, and the next guy I think who should be the champions in the Money in the Bank match. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, WWE Championship here, we have Drew McIntyre versus the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, sitting in his church boardroom chair. I mean, that there reminds me of like every old-school chair that's in every church boardroom that's passed down from generations and generations of deacons and pastors <laughs> he's such yeah. a douche uh yeah who do you who you got bro well first first of all before we get too far ahead i, I will also go with Braun Strowman to retain over uh bray wyatt i do agree with you with a lot of what you said bottom line uh for this one going with my boy drew I love the fact that he is one of those champions who can be like, you know, very tough. He can be very entertaining. He's just one of those guys I really see as a true face of the company right now. And having him versus Seth right here would just, it's just absolutely amazing. And I will say this that one thing I did notice, I might have pulled this out on Twitter, that it's amazing how one year can just change everything. Because one year ago, Seth Rollins was the Universal Champion defending against AJ Styles. Fast forward to now, he's challenging for the WWE Championship. So, like I said, Drew McIntyre for the win. All right, yeah. And and this is a feud I would love to see go on. Um, It's interesting to see the roles reversed because I'm I'm not sure how I feel about uh, baby-faced Scottish psychopath Drew. I mean, I, I love the fact that he like he'll walk past the camera. And I think a couple of weeks ago, he said like, uh, "Hello, all you cool cats kittens," like the Carol Baskin thing. I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I still have to, I still have to watch Tiger King. I'm going to get around to it. Um, 
Okay, this is a, this one's really interesting. And after listening to uh, Kings of the Rings this morning on my walk, uh, there, there was a lot to say about this one. You have the weirdest Money in the Bank ladder match ever. And I think that belongs on an episode of Main Event. Oh, I was going to say, did you get a... What was your prediction for... Oh, Drew, Drew, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going too far ahead, Drew. Drew's going to Claymore... Claymore, Seth, right back to church. Um, uh, this, is where I, this is where I would insert, uh, take me to church, na 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 something, 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 knife. Anyways, women's money in the bank ladder match. We have we have Nia Jax versus Asuka versus Shayna Baszler. My personal favorite, Lacey Evans, Carmella, and Dana Brooke. Okay, um, I'm going what for like two of those names? Uh, who you got, bro? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Oh my gosh! So this is kind of interesting because you could go for the obvious choice of Shayna Baszler, but I I'm not. I'm shockingly not going for the obvious choice of Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax, she's starting to get heat again, so I think that it's going to be safe to let her. Be, you know, honestly, she doesn't even need it. She doesn't really need it to to develop to get you know a title run in her. Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans, I think, are not quite to that point yet. I think they probably would be better off without the briefcase, which leaves Asuka and Carmella. Hey, ironically enough, they faced off against each other at a Money in the Bank deal where I almost left raging. I shit you not. I almost Oh, lived. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love that. Stupid, shitless, freaking a-hole. Anyway, so between so between Carmella and Asuka, uh, I'm going with Asuka. Asuka's kind of the safe bet, in my opinion, when it comes to this. And she definitely deserves another run at the title. Yeah, that she does. Um, there, there's a few different ways we can go toward, we can go about this. Now, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, no. Mm-mm, no. There, there is a theory, I, I think it was uh, Kate or Will came up with this one, uh, unless they both agreed to it, which doesn't surprise me because, you know, they love each other's lives, um, that one of these people, probably Dana Brooke, will get taken out and be replaced, and we'll have Sasha in the bank. I know, I've been waiting all day to say that terrible pun, and I'm going to take a swig in in shame for that. (laughs) And as I say my metaphorical pancake at you, shame. Uh, shame, shame, yeah, get your bell out. Um, <laughs> bring out the, de- the dead, okay, now I'm driving it to the ground. Um, <laughs> so Nia Jax has some unfinished business with Becky Lynch. Uh, need we remember the pow in the face Ooh. from Survivor Series 2017, 18, whatever year it was. Uh, I don't know what time is. Is it? Is it 2020? I don't know. <laughs> so Asuka is a very safe bet, and her... Talking, I, 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 I hate Oscar. I absolutely hate her. Uh, every time I see her on screen, I have to hit mute. That screaming in Japanese to me is insufferable. Uh, I mean, see, at Nia Jax, Oscar's a great bet. Uh, Shayna Baszler, th- this is main roster Shayna Baszler. This isn't NXT Baszler, mm. or else I would pick her. She is getting the title down the line. However, because of WrestleMania, I don't see it happening. Mind you, WrestleMania, she still looks strong. 
I mean, she didn't tap out. She got Bret Hart into Steve Austin. Same finish. And look up their feud. Look where Steve Austin went. So, in that way, Shane's going to be fine. I'm... You know what? I'm I'm gonna uh, go with Oscar as well. As much as I think Shane, uh, not Shane, oh gosh, Sasha could weasel her way in. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bra- I mean, Brock Lesnar did it a year ago, so why not? Uh, all right, guys. Hysterical. So the, fi- the final matchup here: the second. Uh, corporate money in the bank ladder ma- matchup, the men's edition, which will be happening the same time as the women's, which will be very interesting to see that. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Mother Effin Styles. This is going to be a unique but also very awesome lineup for this, for this deal. Oh my gosh. I mean, this can go in so many different directions. Had Mandy won her match on SmackDown, I would have had Otis and Mandy winning both matches. But now it's very unlikely that I'll see that. And I'm also kind of sad about that. But, Mr. Fretz, why don't you take the lead on this one? Who have you got and why? Fuck you. It's time for the king to get his due. But Fritz, he won Money in the Bank in the past and then got buried from John Cena because he opened his mouth. Yeah, he matured. He grew up. We all grow up. We all have to do it. Even me. Um, Money in the Bank is suited for a heel. And although we just saw like a new entrant get put in, I think AJ Styles is going to follow the same fate as, spoiler alert, um, Hans Gruber and Die Hard 1. Uh and get thrown off the roof. <laughs> um, and I, I could see Corbin... I could see him potentially crossing pa- uh, um, not paths, um, rosters to even do it as well. Uh, as much as I want to see Aleister Black or AJ Styles win it, like especially Aleister Black, I, I'm thinking about the visual of him like coming up in the creaky coffin with, uh, you know, doing the cross thing with the briefcase in there, that visual just does not do it for me. And Corbin is, he's got the real heat. He's got the X-Pac heat, the William Regal heat. He's the top heel, and the top heel gets the title. Baron Corbin. Fair enough. Uh, For this one, I am going to be going with AJ Styles. I think that if history has shown us one thing is that a lot of times when they have a replacement go in, they're usually the ones that are going to win. So I'm kind of basing it on that one. So here's the thing about this, ladies and gentlemen. We basically are tied up on everything except for the men's money in the bank match. So here's what we're going to do for this final prediction. This final prediction for us is going to be making up a match that we think is going to happen. Now, we get a point for the correct participants, and we'll get... Three points if we get if we get the prediction right. So what that means basically is that if you guess say a tag team matchup between let's say the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders, that's put on the card. Hey, two easy points right there. If you get that prediction right, three points. So with that being said, 
See, see, now that I say that, I want to say that that's going to happen, but at the same time, I don't think it is. I, okay, so here's going to be my prediction for this one. I think that the uh, the one one of the matches that's going to be put on the card is going to be is going to be Austin Theory, Andrade, and Zelina Vega versus the Street Profits and Bianca Belair. Who do I think is going to win this one? Andrade, Theory, Zelina. That's what I got for. That's what I got for that. Well, you gave me one of the like I have one of those performers, but I, I I was thinking as soon as you said this, like I think if I could predict something that's going to happen, it's not a match; it's an angle. Okay. And it is the um, reveal of the hacker. You think Mustafa it's, it's Mustafa Ali? I think some somehow. What are the angles? What's one of the bigger angles going into this? Because the the Mandy uh, Otis deal is basically in the books, but there is rumor in anyway. It's been taped for one thing. That the pay per view has been taped already. Right. It's not going to be live from the piece from the not the PC the what the whatever it is. Um, corporate headquarters. Corporate headquarters. I, I could also predict what. In what rooms we're going to see? Maybe they'll end up in Vince's office, and someone will get hit by that giant T Rex head he has. Because mm-hmm. um, th- those headquarters are gone soon. Uh, but if I if I do go for a match, which you know, as I said, it's already been booked, I am going to put the pin in the um, hacker thing, and I think it might involve Otis and Mandy again. There's rumored innuendo about Otis being a single star, which please, for the love of God, no. As much as I love him, I love heavy machinery. I want them to have a title run. I do too. Um, I agree. Like, it's like what other? There's been there were some more recent tag teams that got called up and either got split or or like a tag team that got split too soon and or never should have split like Tech Crime Time for example. Um, I'll say that the match Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory. No, Rey Mysterio's in the Money in the Bank match. Shit. Um, uh, okay, uh, definitely Austin Theory. I think I think will be involved here. And who's on Monday Night Raw? Mm, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'll go. F- this is just a shot in the dark, and I know it's 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 gonna kill me. Shelton Benjamin versus Austin Theory. Ooh, I'd still watch it. Uh, yes, please. Uh, Lashley, no. Who else was in that match? We had Lashley and Shelton Benjamin. No, um, yeah, this is a very this is how little wrestling I've watched because I'm I'm working almost every day. So, uh, yeah, why not? Austin Theory versus Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> do you have, do you have Theory going over? Of course I do. Okay, good because I was about to say I will fly over to Canada and I will probably. Smack you until you re- realize that you made a mistake of choosing Shelton Benjamin over Theory. <laughs> DK, uh, do you think that a, a network that is headlined by Evolve fans that I'm going against Austin Theory? If Theory was in the Money in the Bank match, I would have picked him. Ooh. I'm dead serious. No, I'm... imagine him with a brief like Rick. Rick I think they fantasy books a little bit, but you have. Let's say hypothetically that Theory would win the briefcase, and Zelina Vega would dedicate 
herself completely to him. Mm. That way, this this kind of rewrites a storyline that uh, who's Kip Sabian's woman in AW? Oh, uh, Penelope Ford. No, not thank you. No, it is. It is. Never mind. Yeah, it was. I think there was a there was a storyline between Penelope. Penelope, I can't speak, her and Theory, because, you know, Penelope was like a, like Taya Trinidad, like, oh. like Selena, in a way. Okay. Uh, and then finally, when she helped him win, he got too good for her and too cocky for her, and he was already a detestable piece of crap. They hypothesized that, and I nice. think that would have been awesome. I'm going to regret it. It's going to end up being like Lashley and Shelton or something, oh, or something stupid like that. Hey, all you need is um, to get one participant right. So, <laughs> can, can I can I add an extra stipulation? Uh, sure. Why not? Do we see a cash in? And if yes, whom? Ooh, oh, that's actually a really good question. Well, they kind of spoiled the idea that. Um, no, no, I don't think we... I think this is one of the first Money in the Bank events that we do not see an immediate cash-in. So, I'm, I'm I'm placing my bet on that. It's going to be a no. It's a no for me, well, dog. Well, I know, I know it was like, hey, Becky's going to conf- confront the winner. And that's like, oh, it has to be a Raw star. Well, not really. What if it's a SmackDown star who defects? We haven't had a shake-up yet. Um, yeah, I, I think we won't see a cash in until there's there's people. That's my personal opinion. Or or else it would wind up looking like a twenty four seven title change. Because like if it's if, hey if it's anytime anywhere, why haven't they like won the title in the parking lot or like in the can or backstage? Because money in the bank it, it's supposed to be that right. Then why don't you get him while he's down, or why don't you uh, sneak preview for the Twenty Bell Salute uh, for Judgment Day two thousand? Um, remember when uh, Jerry Briscoe pinned Crash Holly while he was napping yes. to win the Hardcore title? Yes. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and even like the referees at school, like whispering, like he, he air counted to three, and then Briscoe's just like, like silently. Uh, this is not video, folks. I'm not. We're not going to do that yet. It's like. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, I was having a nap. And... Yeah, why, why haven't they done that? Come on, that, pin them at the airport. Like, just get like Alistair Black coming off of the baggage platform with their briefcase and just go boom right in the face to the champ while he's walking around the <laughs> corridor. Come on, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. I'm sorry, long story short. No. <laughs> All right, guys. So that has been our talk of the Nexus as well as our Money in the Bank preview. Uh, going into Sunday, uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, so like we said before, check out our t- merchandise. It's awesome. It's great. Check out all the other great people on WrestleLatic Radio, the Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as the Young Lions Perspective. Absolutely amazing people. Uh, check us out on all major podcasting forums, even minor ones. I mean, I'm still uploading on YouTube, even if they're, you know, being dumb. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I know that, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been affected by the whole YouTube deal. Just, it, it's weird. Anyway, so, we got that. You can check out Mr. Fretz at the legendary JF. And also check out 
the Fretzel Mania podcast, which is always fun. It's always great. Definitely enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yes, you will. Uh, follow me on Twitter at RealFNGame. Uh, check us out on our Patreon, where we have exclusive content for you guys. And hey, if you go there and you sign up to be a Patreon backer, you get a chance to save money. You get a chance at a discount. It's awesome, guys. Definitely check it out. You get a very wonderful discount for Teesprings. It's just it's worth it, you guys. And it definitely shows that you guys want us to strive and to survive. I will also say this before we head out. Uh, Shoutouts go to a lot of people that I've listened to this week. Uh, definitely to the first one off the top of the bat, the Movie Men podcast, who had a charity stream this past week. And it was awesome. They reached their goal to help you know people that are going through this whole uh, Mark Carano deal. And they not only succeeded at reaching their goal, they also uh, surpassed it. So definitely shout out to Brady, Pete. You guys are awesome. Keep up the amazing work. To those wrestling girls, listen to both the uh, Stephanie McMahon and China retrospectives, which are great podcasts, great listens. Definitely check that out. Check out the Ruthless Aggression Pod, which Fretz and I have talked about as well as referenced many a times on these podcasts because we're two nerds. What are we going to do? Teddy Grams! <laughs> I just need my spaghetti! <laughs> where, where, bang, 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 spaghetti, bag noodles! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, big, I, I met the big show. He's going to block me. <laughs> um, also... One thing I definitely wanted to talk about, because I can, and well, we can, is that for those of you that love the Rant Podcast, they announced that they will be returning within the next month. It's going to be an awesome day to just enjoy, you know, Brad, Kyle, and Kyle. They're the Kyles. And I'm kidding. <laughs> definitely check them out. They are awesome. arms wide open under <laughs> the sunlight. Welcome to this place. I'll show you everything. <laughs> oh, butt rock. I can't wait for more butt rock. <laughs> more butt rock. Things of Creed. That's for you, Derek. Oh, uh, and also for my... Hey, Zach, if you're listening to this, uh, not Zach from from our network, but uh, Zach from Valium Art, shout out to you, good brother. Listen to the show. Buy some stuff. I'll hook you up. <laughs> um... I'm trying to think of like anybody else that I might have missed. You know what? Just if you meet up, if you'd see a lot of people that I've talked to, definitely you know, you know, follow them on their you know social media. I've actually done a lot of like you know my women crushes for the week. Whenever I talk about these women, I always flatter them maybe too much, but at the same time, I don't think I flatter them enough. They're absolutely wonderful. I know this past week was the Demon Diva, who is an amazing person. Definitely check out all her content. It's amazing. Um, (laughs) um, uh, I will also plug this just because I can Uh, definitely check out one of the recent podcasts that I did with with Lisa Molina and SoCal Val it was an absolutely fun time and honestly I think it's one of the uh, top listened to uh, podcasts on the on the at least the anchored part of Wrestlotic Radio in quite some time so thank you guys so much for that Uh, check out so Calvell, as well as Melina, on their own Patreons, because they're absolutely awesome. Check out uh, Lisa Marie Varen, because she's absolutely awesome. One of the best. Uh, that's all I got for plugs. So I think we shall call it a show. We'll call it a night. Uh, 
Fritz, this has been awesome. Next week, I know, guys, it's going to be absolutely insane because we'll be talking about money in the bank. We're going to be talking about so many other great things. And it's going to be amazing. He's a Canadian. I'm an American from Wisconsin because somehow I believe it deserves its own provenance. Why not? Because Canada, Canada has way too many. Although I should admit Whoa. that. We have three territories and ten problems. We don't have enough, man. we got we got to start taking over the states. It's time. 1812 18, Redux. Let's go. <laughs> you can have Alaska. That's fine. <laughs> For friends, I've been Nate the Effing Great. You've been listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Uh, it's it's awesome talking to you guys. Just remember that here at the Game Changer Podcast, we remind you that you can, indeed, make a difference. Have a good one. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers all around. And, yeah, happy money in the bank day. Can you take me higher? Shut up. <laughs>